0: Hi, this is Millie, and welcome to the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you'll find the validation and love you are looking for. Welcome to my new listeners, and as always, thank you to my loyal listeners. Also, thanks to those of you who reached out um, to see how I was doing because of my last podcast and talking about anxiety. Please follow me on Instagram at escaping narcissistic mothers, all one word. I'll put the I'll put the link in the show notes. Also, please consider donating to my podcast so I can continue to give you content, and you can even get a one-on-one coaching session with me. Okay, um, there's different tiers. You can donate three dollars a month for. Um, just to donate to the podcast so I can get a real microphone. <laughs> um, and the other two tiers do include time with me coaching. Okay, so today's topic, and this is something that I have talked about before, but it's worth repeating because... It actually scares me. <laughs> and what I mean by that is it scares me that there are practicing therapists, licensed therapists, which I'm not one of them, okay? But there are practicing therapists and coaches that have no idea what narcissism is. Or they've heard the term and they think it's someone who really loves themselves. And that's so far from what narcissism is, from what narcissistic personality disorder is. Um, <clears throat> what I advise people when they're going to find a therapist and they say in their profile that they know about childhood trauma is the first question that you should ask a therapist or a coach is, if I go no contact with my narcissistic parent, what would be your advice? Right? Because right there, you're going to find the ones that are going to say, well, I always try to get you to talk to your parent, because they're your parent and you should talk to them. That's the wrong answer, right? The decision is ultimately yours to make if you want to or not. They should not encourage you to talk to your parent. And there are so many, so many, so many, so many therapists and coaches out there that have no idea how this works. They have no idea the pain, the, um, just the whirlwind of being in this person's life is, right? They are purposely, and again, this is something that has come up over and over in the last few days is the mistaken belief. And I talked about in the last podcast that they don't know better. It's not their fault. No, no excuses. Okay, my podcast, An Excuse, is an excuse-free zone. These people do what they do on purpose, okay? You cannot manipulate people. You cannot triangulate. You do not talk badly about your own child, To the family and not know that that's wrong. Okay? What they do is on purpose. It is calculated. Okay? They plan it. Sometimes for years. When the smear campaign, some of you may not realize this, but if you ring the bell... Right, You say, ah, ah, something's wrong with my mother, my father, and they start the smear campaign. That smear campaign didn't just start. That smear campaign has been going on slowly for many years. And then when the time comes, the little seeds that were planted in these people's brains, it's very easy to convince them at this point that you are this terrible person and they're the victim and they're the victim. I was listening. My husband has been getting into, um, philosophy, philosophy, right? He's, he just, he, he likes, um, to listen to intellectual things. Um, I think it's just his thirst for knowledge. He was born that way. He used to, he always, Uh, It tells me when he was a kid, his sister used to make fun of him for watching these, you know, the Discovery Channel or or whatever. When it was actually something, uh, you know, educational. So now he's listening to a podcast about philosophy and he wanted me to hear something. And it's the beginnings, you know, Aristotle, we're talking about back, back, the first um, philosophers. And he was, um, the man was talking about, which was very interesting about friendship. Okay. It's not even about parents, but about friendship and true friends, as opposed to, um, fake friends. And the way he described it was actually interesting. And I'd never heard that before. A true friend should be a mirror, a true mirror of you. And that is very true. You know those friends that you have that are um, that tell you when they have to, they tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. And nothing happens to the relationship. You still stay friends because you know that they're telling you the truth because they have your best interest at heart. And you have those friends who yes you to death. Because all they want is they want something from you, and once they're done, they discard you. And, and that's a very narcissistic thing, right? This person was not talking about narcissism. But, I, I was listening, and yes, there's, there's a connection there. But anyway, let's go back. So, you're finding a new therapist, you had a session and you feel like this person has no idea what you're going through. You don't feel validated. Okay. And they're giving you bad advice because telling you beyond the shadow of a doubt to go back to the narcissist or to have contact with the narcissist or to try to mend the fence with the narcissist is wrong. Narcissists don't change. That is not to say that you have to go no contact. You don't have to. But you have to protect yourself in the space where you are in contact with the narcissist. And that protection comes in form of gray rock, emotional detachment, right? Gray rock is when you give them when when they ask you questions you give them yes no answers you give them no emotional response right when you're around them which can backfire I've and I and I've heard this over and over from from followers the narcissist gets upset because they notice a change in you and they want that emotional response they want you to fight so they're going to try even harder so Gray rock is really difficult to keep up. It's not a permanent thing. In my opinion, gray rock is meant to is a stepping stone towards no contact or very very low contact. That's also I think very very low contact is an effective way to to be able to heal. Okay? My only concern here is your well-being, right? And, and you're healing. And you cannot heal from a wound from a person who is going to continue hurting you. who is going, Who does not feel bad or guilty for hurting you. Who's doing it on purpose and is going to continue to do it. You cannot do that. You cannot heal. The only way is very, very low contact. And And what I mean by that. Very, very low contact is you don't talk to the narcissist unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, maybe on a special occasion, you send a, a card, um, or you call them, you know, it's Mother's Day and, and you, the hardest day for anyone that has a narcissistic mother is Mother's Day, the day that the whole world celebrates or, you know, the U.S. A lot of you that listen to this, I know, are not from the U.S. The U.S. celebrates Mother's Day, and the whole... Everyone's celebrating how great their mothers are, and you're sitting there like, well, that's fantastic, because mine sucked, and you, you just can't. And I know, because I've been there. I went very low contact, um... Right after I found out I had three brothers that were hidden from me for my entire life. And that was at the end of April. So Mother's Day was two weeks later. And on Mother's Day, I did not contact my mother. I don't know how I did it. But I did it. Because I I knew, I knew that there was something very wrong with that relationship. Um, So... You have to be very, very careful with whom you talk to in general. Because I know that the one thing that we want... <laughs> I'm sorry, I have a kitty cat here who is putting her her little paws right on the phone, which is where I record my podcast on right now. Unless you patronize me on Patreon um so I can get um a good microphone and have better equipment. Anyhow... <laughs> Um, I forgot what I was saying. Something about, um, that's me now and I took my medication from my Graves disease and that makes my uh, attention span is very difficult to focus. Um, the, you have to be very, very careful who you talk to and open up to because any person can be in either a flying monkey that knows what they're doing or one that doesn't realize what's happening. Not every flying monkey, um, and for those of you that don't know what a flying monkey is, a flying monkey comes from the Wizard of Oz and, um, they're the ones that go, whatever you tell them, they go back to the narcissist and tell them the information. Um, or they come to you to, I mean, literally that's, How are you doing? What's going on at work? How are you and your husband? I mean, you can tell that they're trying to get information out of you. Those are people you don't need in your life. Now, like I said, not everyone is a knowing flying monkey. If you know that the person's not doing it on purpose, you need to tell them, I don't want to talk about my narcissistic parent. You don't say it that way. You say, I don't want to talk about my mother or my father. I don't, um, I would really prefer it if you did not talk to them and test it out and see what happens. Because whatever you tell them, they go back to the narcissist and the narcissist will use that information for some, some purpose. You know, if you got a new job, they know where to reach you now. You know, and a lot of them go that far to call the company and, and make a big fuss and get you even fired. You don't want that to happen. Um, in relation to this, the the term flying monkey comes from The Wizard of Oz and, and the Witch's Flying Monkeys. Um, last night, I finally saw the movie Gaslight from 1944. Um, Number 1 um Ingrid Bergman was just fantastic. Um and and you see how actors in Hollywood have changed so much over all those years. But aside from that, what a movie. And I and I understand why they call it gaslighting, right? It's because in the movie back in the 1940s Uh, the houses were lit not with electricity but with gas. It, It was like a stove, like a gas stove and they would light it with a match and if there was only a certain amount of gas that went into these lamps and if you lit another lamp in another room your lamp would go down. And she kept seeing that go down and that was part of what her husband was telling her, you're imagining things. He was telling her everything that she was seeing and hearing that she was wrong and telling her that she was mentally ill and she believed it. It's amazing to watch. Infuriating, of course. But we know that this is why it's called gaslighting. Anyhow, so you know, of course, I'm sitting there thinking, what what did my mother do to gaslight me? They do such covert things that sometimes you don't even realize it. It's not as obvious as in the movie. Um, my mother called me crazy. I mean, literally, just flat out called me crazy when I asked her. And and I guys, I. Still don't have an explanation for this. Except that there was something that kept telling me in my gut. I mean, that's why we have to learn to trust our guts again. Um, That the story I knew about my parents was wrong. Something was missing. And for some reason, I was like, I must have a brother on my dad's side. I don't know why i kept thinking about the year that my dad must have left cuba and i just i felt like it was a sibling and look and i asked my mom to like almost joking around i asked her hey do you think um do i have a sibling somewhere a brother somewhere she looked at me in the eyes and said, "Are you are crazy. So that's gaslighting right there. I mean, that is gaslighting, the most obvious gaslighting. Right? Actually calling you crazy, telling you you're crazy for thinking that. And just months later, um, I found out that... You're right. I was wrong about it. I am crazy. There wasn't just one brother. There were three. So, (laughs) so anyhow, you don't, you want to choose who you talk to, what you say to them. And you have to be very careful because you don't want to be steered in the wrong direction to hurt you even further. I have unfortunately seen in my own family, someone in my age group who went to therapy. He was having depression issues and anxiety issues and had a therapist who told him he should try and talk to his father, which was the wrong thing to tell him. When he was, he didn't want to talk to his father. And even I was mistaken. And I feel bad. I've apologized for it. Because even I used to tell him, you should try and work it out with your dad. Because I was unaware of what narcissism is. And that, and that's the problem. These people aren't purposely trying to hurt anybody. They just have no idea. What they're dealing with. So at one point, I was the person telling someone, Hey, go back to the abuser. Not on purpose. And not in a bad way. I thought I was doing the right thing. And and I, thankfully, with all of this, I've been able to talk to him and apologize and say, You know, I was wrong. I understand and I respect That you don't want to talk to him anymore. I don't talk to him. He's related to me too, his father. I have I he is the longest person I've been no contact with. He was the first person I cut out of my life because I, I knew he was he was messed up. So please be careful because you don't want to open up to someone who doesn't understand and then tells you that you should have contact. Um, there is a very, very small percentage of people who are narcissists, who with a lot of therapy and in the therapy, they need to go through is called D B T dialectical, dialectical behavioral therapy. And to be completely honest, I don't know how it works but what I do know is that it's very difficult because the therapist has to listen to every single word that person says and kind of steer them. Like if they say something that sounds wrong. Okay, how about you don't say it that way. Let's say it this way. And, and they have to steer them and it's really, really difficult. And it takes a long time. There's a very small percentage of people that are even willing To admit that they have a problem. Okay? It's like alcoholics. You know, if you you don't admit that you're an alcoholic, you won't get help. And narcissists, by nature, they don't... They're not wrong. They don't see themselves as having a problem or being wrong. So it's very difficult to... First of all, to diagnose a narcissist. We diagnose our parents' narcissism. But uh, there's no mental health person who will diagnose them unless it's a situation that you force them to go to therapy and the therapist sees it right away because in one session they'll see that the the mother or the father is a narcissist. Or your therapist has... uh, They say, let's go to therapy because they're saying you're the one that has issues. And they pick the therapist that they know is not going to pick up on their narcissism. So there you go. It's very scary. It it is scary. Um, The therapist that. I go to again, I, I did start going to a therapist and she did know a lot about narcissism and understand, but it, we just didn't click, I guess. And that's another issue with picking a therapist is you have to click with them. Um, if you don't feel that comfort when you talk to them, then you just have to move on. Um, it, it's, there's nothing wrong with her. She's very nice. And, and I did like her but my other therapist who was not an expert in narcissism has kind of become one with me and i i know she has other patients that have you know narcissistic family members or romantic partners and she's learned a lot and um my therapy is really not based on that anymore it's more my anxiety due to the our situation right now in the world with covid and um, just not feeling well a lot of the time. And, and that's due to my, my autoimmune disorder. Um, but you have to be able to feel comfortable and have the person who's sitting across from you at least know how serious narcissism is, how damaging it is to anyone who's in contact with the narcissist and, know that it's not okay to tell them, just go back or you should try to fix it with, with the narcissist. The narcissist, there's nothing to fix. You can't talk to a narcissist and convince them of anything because they already know the truth. They've been doing this on purpose. That's, that's a a hard thing to understand to really accept. You don't have to tell the narcissist, hey, um, you're, you lied about me. This is wrong. They know it. They know what they did. There's no need. Stay quiet. That's the best thing to do with the narcissist is just stay quiet. Silence is the biggest message that you can send to them. Believe me. Okay. We're coming up on 25 minutes here. So, um... I want to send you my love. I want to send you my peace. I am feeling better um, because of my anxiety. My, I know every time I feel anxious that I will feel better and I do feel better. Um, even though I still get anxiety, the time that I'm anxious is shorter than it used to be because I do understand anxiety better. I know that it's something that I will get over. And then, you know, I'll get anxious again and I'll get over that one again, you know, so that's okay. Same thing with depression, you know, because anxiety and depression go hand in hand. And if you're depressed, you will get over it. You will feel better. Sometimes we need a little bit of help with depression, anxiety, and we need medication maybe, and that's okay. Okay. Alright guys, um, again, one more time, please, if you can, um, patronize me on Patreon, um, That it's going to be a big help to me and I am working on starting a coaching business, I, I hate calling it that, business, because it's... Something that I'm thinking of doing because I want to help you guys. I want to be that coach that you feel comfortable with and, and comfortable talking to. Um, you guys will already know that I understand narcissism, so that's a good thing. So hopefully that'll be soon. Um, I'm I'm working with someone on my website and maybe we'll have appointments to set up soon cuz i really do want to be able i'm not i'm not here to tell you what to do i'm only here to find out what your goals in in this are and how you can get there okay that's what a coach does so anyway i love you guys and i will talk to you Until next time.